Welcome to another episode of Cover to Cover. I am your host, Matt Tarka. Cover to Cover is a podcast featuring musical conversations about an album or song which has changed and enhanced someone's life. We humans connect with the presence of music in our own unique way. As an artist, a concert goer, through our headphones, or as something that simply lives in our everyday background. Our guest today comes to us from Toronto, Canada. He is one Nelson Sobral. Nelson is a musician, and we asked him what he's currently working on from a creative point of view, and he has a bunch of new songs, actually, that he is uh, currently working on that are in various phases of cooking, about 18 to be exact. Uh, he loves the new Tim Baker record and always dipping between modern artists and older stuff like Otis Redding. In terms of a favorite sport or activity, Nelson loves combat sports. His favorite TV show to watch or stream, just finished rewatching The Office. Does Nelson have any pet peeves? Well, he mentioned pre-rude and oblivious assholes. Does Nelson have any favorite foods? Well, pizza, of course, and also Indian food and toast. For our discussion today, we are going to be talking about the Rolling Stones and their album Exile on Main Street. Uh, Exile was recorded in 1969 and 1970 at Olympic Studios and Jagger's Stargrove's Country House in England during sessions for Sticky Fingers and in the summer of 1971 at a rented villa named Nelcote in the south of France. Jimmy Miller produced, mixed, and mastered, and... Were there any guest performers, you might be wondering? Uh, keyboardist Billy Preston and keyboardist Dr. John, as a matter of fact. This was the Stones' 10th studio album, and the end of the Magic Four preceded by Beggar's Banquet, Let It Bleed, and Sticky Fingers. The date of the release was May 12th of 1972 on Rolling Stones Records. So without further ado, let's get to Know Our Guest. Nelson Sobral. Thank you so much for being on Cover to Cover here tonight uh, with Matt Tarka. I really appreciate your time, and I'm really excited to uh, talk about things all, you know, all things Exile on Main Street from the Rolling Stones. Yes. Yeah, yeah so, man, too, and thanks, thanks for pronouncing my last name in the, uh, the classic European tongue. Nice. Sobral. Yeah, of course, of course. So, <laughs> so, so, you know, right before uh, we began chatting, you know, came to find out that um that you host an open mic night in toronto on monday nights mm. called the pink uh excuse me the painted lady and yeah open mic mondays are the painted lady that's correct yeah you know and, and incidentally um you know i happened to be there uh shortly before you you know started running the open mic but such yeah. a cool place and you know you had mentioned that you know the vibe of the room really um you know like closely mirrors what the venue is like yeah, and it, it, it mirrors also like Exile on Main Street. Like, there's pictures all there's random pictures all over the walls, uh, predominantly of ladies, and it's it's run by ladies. So I love that aspect of the bar. It's it's run by ladies, but it it celebrates the the, the female in all its forms. And uh, but like just like the Exile on Main Street, like it looks like the cover of the album. It's just like chaotic pictures everywhere, but classy. It looks like a like a full blown Mardi Gras party. Um, and it's full, it has a bit of a New Orleans vibe, which, you know, Exile does as well, being like this, you know, melting pot of, of, of music on what album. 
And uh, yeah, yeah, it just that just occurred to me. They they have a similar theme. That's to them. That's so that's so wild. So and we almost met each other in person years we ago. Did. We, we did. We missed each other by two years. And yeah, I there were hosting like, in 2015. Yeah, yeah, there were more than a hundred people there. It is just it's an absolutely like just dynamite room. Everybody goes yeah. there and and really appreciates original music. It's it's just it's just such a fun environment. It is, it is, and it's almost like it's like it's a it's a it's a really it's not small, but it's not big. It's comfortable, and the room is kind of stretched out in a way that there's a there's a there's as soon as you walk in, it's a long bar and seating and on both sides, and and then after the bar, it's like uh, seating in front of the stage. So it's almost like two places in one, where you can kind of sit in front of the stage and enjoy the music, and then you can also just jump at the bar and make noise, and 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 it doesn't bother the people on stage as much. So it's almost like two places in one. It's really great that way. Very cool. Yeah. We are we yeah. are talking with Nelson Sobral here on Cover to Cover, and for uh, you know, I think we're I think it's a good time to just dive into Exile on Main yes. Street. Yes, the only way to do it. Yeah. What um What's inspired you? What inspired you to choose this record? Like, where where did this all begin for you? How did they influence you? Well, to be honest, regarding your podcast, I saw the last album that you did was uh, Southern Harmony from uh, the Black Crows. Uh, Jay Bird was the guest, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So I saw that and I was like, oh, man, that would have been a great when you asked me to do it. I was like, oh, that would have been a great album to do because I love that album. It's such a great yeah. rock and roll record. Yeah. It sounds good. It, it feels good. And then I thought about it. I'm like, well, the daddy of that album is, is, is Exile, you know. And or Sticky Fingers, right? So I was like, well, let's let's go with the Dad album. Let's do Exile. And, <laughs> no uh, Yeah, yeah. It was an easy like air. I just shot the arrow. I was like, that's that's the one to go with. Um, and uh, yeah, man. Like I, you know, it's it's there's so many great Stones records, especially in that era. I mean, it's for me, it's the last of the great four. You got Beggars, Banquet. You got Let It Bleed, Sticky Fingers, and then Exile. It's kind of like the peak of the mountain, and then they start tumbling down. They still have great <laughs> moments afterwards, but it's like. Man, what a what an album! It feels like all of their influences coalesced onto one album, and uh, yeah, it's got everything on it, like anything you would need, like from the yeah. Stones. Yeah, you got yeah. it. You got, yeah, yeah. This is this is absolutely a, a classic lineup of the Rolling Stones. Can you describe for, for for us, for our listeners here, the players on this particular record? Oof, the classic Stones lineup. You know, Mick Keith. Bill Wyman, Charlie Watts, and Mick Taylor in the role of lead guitar. Uh, one of my favorite guitar players of all time. Um, yeah. And, you know, he just, I, I met him back in the day. He signed my Les Paul. I have his signature on a pick card, which I then removed from the Les Paul. Uh, <laughs> I have that saved away because he's, you know, he's such such an amazing, tasteful, beautiful player. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's a classic lineup. And then, of course, you got, you know, the, the, the Rolling Stones horn section, like Bobby Keys. And uh, uh, the other guy's escaping my name on, on trombone. Oh, um, Jim, Jim Price, right? Yes, Jim Price. There you yeah. go. Sorry. Thank you. On trumpet. Trumpet. No. Sorry. So you got yeah, Bob yeah. Keith, Jim Price. And then, of course, Ian Stewart on piano and Nicky Hopkins on piano. And then uh, you also have Jimmy Miller producing and uh, also playing percussion and drums on, uh, on, on two big stone tunes, the two classics, the two most popular tunes on the album in terms of commercial stuff, which would be Tumbling Dice and Happy. He's playing mm-hmm. drums on those, which is pretty pretty awesome. And then the rest of the lineup is just 
this like who's who of players. You got Billy Preston playing piano and organ a couple of tunes. Yeah. Al Perkins on pedal steel. Um, you have on backing vocals, you have uh, Clyde King and Vanetta Fields who sing, they're like gospel singers. And they were also in, uh, they were in a band called the Blackberries. Uh, and they were the, with another singer, they were the back, back of vocal band for Humble Pie. Oh, for a lot of their tours. Yeah. That's a um, fun little piece of trivia right there. Oh, yeah. And then you got Dr. John or Mac Revenack who passed away about two years ago. He's yeah. on piano on a couple of tunes and backing vocals. And then, of course, Bobby Whitlock on piano. Bobby Whitlock, who was in uh, Derek and the Dominoes, who was the vocal counterpoint for Eric Clapton in that band. Very nice. Who the other guy singing. Yeah, and then you got Glenn Johns and Andy Johns engineering the album because like, they were recorded at different times. Um, like, you know, some of it was at uh, during the Sticky Fingers time. And uh, sorry, man, I'm just talking a lot. I might, might be talking over you. Sorry, I just got all excited about about. Hey, that's, so, that's what this is all yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Go. You talk. <laughs> me? You want me to talk? All right. Well, sure. Our, yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know what? I, I, I want to know, and I think our listeners would be really interested, too, to, to know exactly, like, where, where were you when you first heard Exile on Main Street? Was it kind of a, you know, what was the gravitational pull? Um, did you hear all of these other, you know, records, you know, before this, you know, this fourth piece of the puzzle? Or did, did it kind of go in reverse order? So for me, the, you know, the, my, my mom raised me on a steady diet of, you know, classic music, Beatles, Stones, Otis Redding. I was present. I'd wake up every day to the oldie station playing, and we, you know, 50s music, 60s music. So all of the early Stones, like, catalog, the stuff that's on, like, big hits, uh, you know, uh, uh, big tides and, and, and those, those, those classic double albums of, of the hits. Like, I know all those, like, I knew all those songs. So, you know, like, let's spend the night together and as tears go by and get off my cloud and jump jack. You know, I knew all the hits for sure, you know, as a, yeah. as a young, you know, a young kid. I knew all those songs and I really, really got into early Stones. I really loved, you know, they were just like, they were like a, a rougher. To me, a lot of the stuff was like really rough Beatles, you know? Yeah. And, uh, when I, and I would flip-flop between the two bands, you know, when I'd get too... Uh, you know, I'd get too like sweetened on the Beatles, and it was too sweet for me. I'd switch over to the to the Stones and get roughed up again, and then you know I could go back and I could go back and forth and and get the best of both worlds. You know, not that they both couldn't do the the same, right? But I think the Stones had had an edge over them in that sense, um, and and vice versa with the Beatles. Um, and then you know, as as a young teenager, I started like you know methodically. I had this album called the Rolling Stone Album Guide, some encyclopedia. And, uh, you know, I would just, like, go through it and I would learn all about the artists and the catalogs and stuff. And then I m would methodically go and buy cassettes and go in chronological order. I was really, I was really nerdy about it. I would go in chronological order of, of the band and just devour their whole catalog. So, you know, as I'm coming along, I know all the early stuff and I know it. And I'm getting to Beggar's Banquet and, and Let It Bleed. And I know, you know, I know a fair chunk of those songs and, and then the other ones, which I don't. And then Sticky Fingers, which, you know, I know all the hits. And then I get into the rest of the album. But then Exile is like, there's no hits on this album. I mean, the biggest hits, like I said, were Tumbling Dice and Happy and All Down the Line, which was the, the radio single. But like, as, you know, if you're not into the Stones, you don't really know those tunes. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you might. You might know them. You might have heard it. But if you walk and you see a cover band player, you turn on the radio, 
generally those are the songs that are going to be played. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be your Street Fighting Man, your Jumping Jack Flash, you know, those kinds of tunes. So when I put this record on, and, you know, it starts off with rock soft like... And that riff just knocks you off your feet, and I'm like, I don't know this tune, and I don't know any of these tunes. This is my album. You know, like, this is something for me to devour that no one... It's not that it was, like, the other ones were ruined, but it was like, I kind of know three or four songs off this album. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it wasn't as much to discover. So here I had this album of, like, how many tunes is it? Fifteen? Something uh, like that. Yeah, it's it's a heavy LP. Yeah, there's a lot of tunes on this. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's uh, fifteen. Yeah, there's there's about fifteen tunes on this. So you know, there's fifteen tunes of me just to get into that. No one's ruined for me. That no one's told me about. That I haven't listened to on rock radio too much growing up. Um, you know what I mean? Like like Brown yeah. Sugar or or stuff like that. So it just really felt like it was something I could really just get into, and it was kind of like my own little secret. And being, you know, being a kid, that's really important to have your own things to get into that no one else is into, you know what I mean? Like, you know, this is mine, you know? Yeah. And you can kind of carve out a niche, especially being into, like, older music that, you know, is before your time, you yeah. know? Because, yeah. you know, it's already been done. Like, you know, there was these people have already come and gone. That was the great thing with the, with the band, like, the Black Crows when they came out. And, you know, I was like, oh, this is my band from my time. This exactly. This is really cool. Yeah, you know, that's why I love them so much was because of that thing. It was like, oh, this is like, you know, it's like the Stonesy kind of stuff, but like yeah. they're my own thing. They're from my own time. So, I'll, you know, kudos to the Black Girls for doing that uh, to a new generation of people. But in terms of this album, you know, it was it was just such a treasure trove of music, and it was unabashedly, unashamedly would go from one genre to another, you know, from track to track, and it was like you had no idea what was coming next. You know, from the the opening riff of like rocks off to you know the double time swingy stuff of riff this joint to shake your hips where it's like an old swampy blues casino boogie tumbling dice and then you have like the acoustic tracks and like pure country like Sweet Virginia and Torn and Frayed gospel yeah. stuff like Love and Cup and uh, I just want to see a face man it's it's just there's so much good stuff to go get into and so much so much cool instrumentation and tones. Yeah, that's that's how I got into that album, and uh, yeah, I don't know if that was many. So I kind of went chronologically and got into it, and then it was kind of like, you know, after you know, I, I kept going and got into Ghost Head, and it's only rock and roll, of course. You have to do your due diligence, and then sure. uh, you know, kind of fell off. Yeah, got it complete, and then you know, they came back on with you know, uh, Black and Blue and 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 Some Girls, which is another knockout album. Um, you know, and and it's, and they're the stones. You know, they can they can fall off every once in a while, and, and uh, it's okay. And they've written more hits than they've written more hits than most people have written songs. You know, very so true. Just, yeah, yeah. They, you know, they're you know, you can't you can't knock those guys for doing anything they want to do. And I I, I love them, I love them to pieces, and I love this album to pieces. We are we are conversing with Nelson Sobral here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka, specifically about the Rolling Stones' of Exile on Main Street. And uh, Nelson, this feels like a really good time, you know, to talk about some of your absolute favorite tracks on this album and, and why. And you know, if we want to go, you know, track by track, we can. You you mentioned Rocks yeah. Off. You know, Rocks Off has my one of my favorite lyrics of all time of any music of any genre. It has one of my favorite lyric couplings, which is 
the sunshine bores the daylights out of me. That is the ultimate party line. Oh, what yeah. a great line. What yeah. a great line. It's poetic. It's it's multi-layered. It can be a throwaway line. Like, it can just yeah. be a cool thing to say. It can be really deep. And I think at this time, Mick was, like, at the, the top of his game of writing lyrics like that, which could be throwaway, like, cool sounding double entendres, or they could be really deep if you jumped yeah. into it, you know? And he's he's the king of that stuff. Like, a lot of people don't give him credit for writing cool lyrics. But, he like, was, you know, yeah. yeah. but he's he was so great. I mean, he's, he still is. You know, he's Mick Jagger. But at that time, man, he was writing such cool, like, Brown Sugar. Like, what a, you know, what great lyrics on that song from another album, of course. But, like, every, like, cool rock and roll lyrics that mean a lot and can just be, like, cool like vocal uh like lyrical acrobatic stuff like just cool lo- words put together and they just sound colorful and they jump out at you they sound good in the mix some of them just he just rhymes them because they sound good you know mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah rocks off is such and it's got that trippy uh weird time thing in the middle which i've never heard any band do right 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 yeah it's, it's, there's like it's, some mariachi sound kind of thrown in there and you know, yeah. about, I was thinking about like you know the, like his vocal intonations, and he just kind of you know kind of sounds like a little slower, like conic, and you know I I hear like a lot of Julian Casablancas from the Strokes kind of uh, yeah. you know taking that approach to some of his early records with his band. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that first Strokes album is is brilliant, and you know people don't see the connection to the Stones, but it's you know if you listen to if you listen to Rocks Off or any like. Uh, you know, casino boogie and, or stuff like that, you can hear it right away. You know, whether whether the Strokes do it on purpose or not is irrelevant. It's it's in the lexicon of it's in the lexicon of popular yeah. music. So whatever. Exactly. Um, yeah. But exactly. uh, yeah, man, like just so iconic in the way he would roll his words. You know, like the sunshine bows the daylight. Like it's it's yeah. it's brilliant. Like yeah. he doesn't get enough credit for being a cool vocalist and a cool lyricist. And I think on that opening track, he just riffs into it, and Keith's riff is bulletproof, and the whole band just is just firing away on all pistons, and it's ah, what a and it, what a what a what a great title too, rocks off. Absolutely, know? we're yeah. talking with Nelson Sobral here on Cover to Cover, and uh, following Rocks Off, we have Rips this joint, and Whew. Jagger's wow. vocals are just, you know, they're they're incredibly aggressive on this one. It sounds like a saxophone. Yeah. Just rip, ripping a solo. Yeah. You know? Oh, and it's just dancing, like, so rhythmic, so melodic, so, oh, man, he's at the height of his powers. And it's it's a great thing to see. Apparently, it's the fastest stone, uh, Stones track, like, BPM-wise in their catalog. Yeah. Uh, That's beat per minute for all of our listeners. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's just, man, he jammed so many words into there. I don't know how he does it. I'm, I'm sure a lot of rappers could do it nowadays, but uh, as a, like singing with a bit melody, he's just like, oh, unbelievable. At a breakneck, break, breakneck pace, he is just yeah. like riffing on that on that song, just singing. And the band is just swinging away behind him, and you got a great sax solo from Bobby Keys on that one. Killer uh-huh. track, killer track. Great lyrics too. Great yeah. lyrics, amazing. And there's this theme of like, um, you know, obviously there's this theme of casinos, right? Especially through the uh, the um, the upbeat tunes, you know, the, mm-hmm. you know, rip this joint, casino boogie, tumbling dice, you know. There's these kind of like 
themes of like casinos and stuff and because uh, they were, uh, you know, in, in in France and, and they'd go play at the casinos when they were, weren't recording, you know. So mm-hmm. th- that theme kind of jumped in all over the record. So it's in mixed lyrics, which is great. It's a cool little like, oh, there's a lot of uh, gambling talk on this album. Yeah. And they're talking about, you know, the way that they're just wreaking havoc, you know. Yeah. <laughs> rock, rock and roll style, you know. They're just, they're living their life, but they're they're really Ugh. painting some crazy pictures of their world at this point. And it, they're all true. And they're yeah. all like, you know, all the stuff I've read about, it's just, you know, they were kings on the earth, you know, kings yeah. and queens for all the, the ladies that accompanied them on, on the tour and their wives and girlfriends and, and, and so on and so forth. But kings and queens on the earth, gods upon the earth, just living in France because they are tax, tax exiles uh, in England. So yeah. they moved to France and they're just like bought a mansion and <laughs> they're, you know, they brought the Rolling Stones mobile and they're recording the album and doing what they want all day. And uh, there's this great quote I read from uh, from Jimmy Miller, who is the producer on the album, um, about how they would spend hours just playing and like tinkering around. And he said that they would sound like the worst bar band he'd ever heard. And they would sound like that for hours. And then all of a sudden, they would flip it and they would be the most amazing band he'd ever heard in ever, anywhere, at, at a dime. And they would lock into a groove or a riff and they would just magically transform into the world's greatest rock and roll band. And, I, you know, it, that to me, you know, it, 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 it's sort of like the definition of the Stones to me. Like, that's what, that's what they sound like to me at all times. It sounds like they could fall apart at any point. Yeah. <laughs> and within, within that, like, walking on the trapeze, there's all this beauty that they sort of just magically balance through the wire. Like, with Charlie's, Charlie's drumming never settles to me. I, I always feel like, ugh. You know, it's always yeah. a solid, like the groove is always amazing. But when I zero in on his drums, it always sounds like he's going to miss the fill and he's going <laughs> to miss the snare, but he never does. And it's always <laughs> magical, but it's just like, you know, it's yeah. not like, like something like Bonham or Bonham. It's like that, that pocket is so deep and heavy. Like, you know, it's going to be a boom, 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 boom. You know, yeah. with Charlie, yeah. it's like, you know, and he might hit a snare or a, an open hi hat on a, you know, or a weird tom hit. It, it'll be weird and quirky, and I love that about Charlie's playing. It's such, you know, it's such a it, it makes and and Bill Wyman's bass playing is 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 not orthodox at all. He's a very weird bass player, and then it just gives it this whole feeling of like walking on the trapeze line, you know, which I yeah. love about the Stones. We're talking with Nelson Sobral here on Cover to Cover, specifically about Exile on Main Street. And uh, after Rich's joint, we have uh, it's a cover of a Slim Harpo tune called Shake Your Head. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ziggy yeah. Top owes a lot of gratitude to this. Right? Yeah. I'm going to shake your hips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally, man. They, the, you know, they, they took the boogie from John Lee Hooker and Slim Harpo and, and the, you know, the, and, you know, if anything, the Stones you know, paid homage to those guys ad nauseum as, as they should, and that should be paid homage, but they, they took it and they, they did their own things with it. You know, they, they always paid credit to it and they always brought new breath and life to it. Like every band that covers those songs should do, you know, like put your own thing on it. Like, I don't want to hear you sound like muddy waters, do your own thing to it, you know? 
Most if I want to hear Muddy Waters, I'll go listen to Muddy Waters. I don't need to hear you tape it. Yeah. Do your own thing, you know? And they, yeah. yeah, they do. They do justice to Shake Your Hips, for sure. They got, uh, you know, Bobby Keys, you know, riffing on that line with Keith. Like, over and over again. It's just... It just smokes, and and, uh, and Mick plays a, a wicked harp solo on that song too. So yeah, he does. He really, mm-hmm. he, de- he definitely does. After um, after Shake Your Hips, we have uh, you mentioned earlier one of your favorite tunes is Casino Bass. Yeah. You know Charlie yeah. comes up this one too, and just some absolutely killer slide guitar. I don't know if it's Keith or if it's Bill Wyman, but sounds like it, it's it's uh, it's Keith playing the slide on it. Okay. It, it, yeah, it sounds like that. Yeah, stop breaking down. It sounds like Mick Taylor kind of slides. Mm-hmm. Um, but Casino Boogie sounds more like it's Keith. Yeah. Oh, you said, yeah, yeah. did I say Bill Wyman? Yeah, Mick Taylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and another thing to notice, you know, a lot of the, and a lot of the rock tunes, um, are, are short, you know, rocks off is like four, four and change four thirty. but these songs are like two minutes, three minutes. Like, you know, they get so much mileage out of that, you know, they don't need, you know, five minute tunes or whatever. And there's so much, uh, so much in them, you know, it's only when we get to like, you know, obviously as we're going to get into like the, the, the slower acoustic ones that they get a little longer because they're slower, obviously. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, with the rock tunes, they're all like three minutes. Nothing peaking past four, really. really no. Anyways, yeah. No, that and that theme continues to uh, tumble and dice. And this is, this is this is like the first like real taste that we get on this record of that R and B and gospel influence. And this was this has been this is still on FM radio. It's really still. Oh the yeah. Time. And I and I feel like this tune is like the quintessential Stonesy groove. Like if you if you tell someone to play Stones. They'll usually play like Start Me Up or something like that, right? But right. Tumbling Dice has has Start Me Up in it. But it has that kind of laid back. But a little bit slower. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, again, going towards the crows, uh, you know, Jealous Again is a direct, you know, ripoff of Tumbling Dice. You know, it's the same tune. And Rich, Rich Robinson even admitted to that. You know, they were ripping off Tumbling Dice. Which is uh, fine. It's a great tune to rip off. Uh, you know, it's got the quintessential Stonesy uh, laid-back groove, mixed cool lyrics. You know, Keith's like it's got the gospel singers on there singing singing backups. Um, you know, it's got little breakdowns with cool little rhythmic things from Charlie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, just like, and it, and the groove of it is just you can't not groove to it or dance to it. It's 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 bulletproof and I, to me it's like quintessential Stones yeah. tune. Like it's it's like if someone wants to like you know hey what you know if they came from another planet and they were like what are Stones I would be like I'd play them tumbling dice. Yeah. After tumbling dice we have that acoustic you know ballad. You know, there are a couple ballads, but this is this is really the first one that we uh that we experience. Um boy, there's a brilliant line in here, gotta scrape the shit right off your shoes. Yes. How many people And there's another one that. that. Yeah. Yeah. And he says it in a way that you don't like it doesn't it's not like oh he's saying the word shit. Like he that doesn't even come into your head like, you know, he's being not not vulgar, but like he's trying to say the word shit like to, yeah. to get a reaction. It's yeah. just like he's just saying it. 
you got to scrape that shit right off your shoes, you know? Right. And then yeah. the other line is, drop your reds, drop your greens and blues, <laughs> yeah. you know? <laughs> or, or trying to stop the waves behind your eyeballs. Oh, right. just, just such great imagery. Like, you can just close your eyes and see all these things, you know? And it's and it feels to me like the Stones had dabbled in country stuff before, you know, mm-hmm. obviously Dead Flowers and Country Honk and, you know, they're, they've always had country as part of their repertoire, but it feels like they finally kind of like really settled into it um, on Sweet Virginia. Like, it's just, uh, it's just, it, it doesn't try to be a country tune. You know, it's not like trying to be a country tune, but it is a hundred percent. Yeah. It's like a country, it's a country swinging ballad. Um, you know, like any country, you know, you know, any outlaw would have been happy to have that tune in their in the repertoire, and it would. And if it was recorded by one of those guys, like if it was recorded by Waylon or Willie Nelson, it would have been like a country classic. If there are any listeners out there who have not heard Sweet Virginia, and you care about movies, it's actually featured. And I haven't seen the movie yet, but I have been told that it's featured in the closing credits of a comedy that's currently out right now with Daniel Craig called Knives Out, which ah okay. Kind of it's which sounds kind of like a perfect ending to a movie. Yeah, yeah, it's it's such a such a great song, and the and the backing vocals are are from uh, you know the the Clyde King Vanetta Fields, Doctor John. Yeah, you know, added added on top of it, and uh, you know, it's oh, what a great tune. After Sweet Virginia, you know, we're really playing up you know the country twang influence on the next track, which is called Torn and Frayed, and. Uh, it seems like it's a. It, it, he might be singing. Mick might be singing about a band that you know they may not be completely on a hundred percent on that given night. But there's just something. Yeah. There's something about the band that you are experiencing that requires your attention. It's just. It's undeniably good. But yeah, you know, which is which is yeah. what Jim Miller was saying about them. You know, like they uh, exactly that. Like sometimes they're. You know, they're always great, but sometimes they're just really bad and sometimes they're okay, but it's still a great thing overall. Like life, you know, you can use that metaphor for life. Like life is wonderful, but you got shit days, you got bad days, you know, good moments, bad moments. Overall, though, being alive is pretty awesome. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. I kind of I kind of take that metaphor like for that in, in grander things, right? But like he's – and he's also describing the band itself, you know? Like he's like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know – there's that coupling in the middle where he goes, um, uh, well, the ball ro- ballrooms and uh, smelly bordellos and dressing rooms filled with parasites. Right. Like, if you've ever played in a band and you've ever been backstage, ugh, that line just hits you, you yes. know? Yes. And then and then he continues to describe every band you've ever been in, and he goes, on stage, the band has got problems. They're a bag of nerves on first nights. Yes. He ain't tied down to no hometown. Yeah, and you thought he was reckless. You think he's bad, he thinks you're mad, and the guitar player gets restless. <laughs> oh, such good lyrics. Like, he just kills it. Kills it. Like, I, I, at that time, I, I you know, I, I, I put him up there with one of the best rock and roll lyricists of all time, especially at that point. Like, he still did it, uh, you know, on Some Girls and, and, and lots of other records after that. And, and But, man, Mick, Mick is the king. Like yeah. he, he, you know, because of his stage act, his like pomp, you know, pomp, like prancing around and stuff, people mm-hmm. don't see, people don't see it, you know? 
You know, I was wondering about this, the lyrics in particular on this track, and I wonder how much it, it, it kind of inf- informed uh, Tom Waits' early material, you know? Yeah, in, in I can see that for sure. Sense. Yeah, I mean, Waits was bringing out, you know, kind of the drunk, you know, hobo type of characters in New Orleans and other places, mm-hmm. but, you know, just the way that Mick is talking about, you know, the band's issues and, you know, their... They're, they're dealing with, you know, just some, like, little health spells here and there. You know, Joe's got a cough. He sounds kind of rough, and, you know, he's, you know, he's got some yeah. codeine to fix it. That, you know, just, just making inferences to, uh, I don't know, just figuring out ways of getting better. Maybe sometimes, you know, drugs take, you know, a, a little bit of an edge off of a performance or whatnot. But, uh, right, right. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, These they're are, like, something the, to ponder. Yeah. This style of, the style of lyric writing is, is my favorite uh, in in general, like when things are too too laid out and too plain, not that there's anything wrong with that. And I really respect people that can do that. But, you know, like you're writing a song about a specific thing, like, you know, like whatever. Uh, I don't know. You know, I, name a song. I can't think of anything right now. But the Stone style of writing where it's like you're kind of playing around a theme. You're shooting out some cool lines. They do have meaning. They do have stuff. If you want to delve deep into it, you can. There's lots of substance underneath. But on the surface, you can just listen to it, and they're just the lyrics. They're just cool words that sound great rhythmically together, and poetically and phonetically. And they just kind of, they kind of, all the words are. It feels like all the words are just kind of bumping up to each other and dancing with each other, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But they also have deep meaning to them, and they and they always, especially on this record, they're very seedy and dirty and gritty and rough. You know, and and uh, it's just, but beautiful. You know, torn and frayed, right? Like, totally, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Following torn and frayed, we have uh, a tune called "Sweet Black Angel," and this gets this is a bit more bluesier, I would say, wouldn't wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. It's it's um, it's, it's an old. Uh, apparently, it's an old. Uh, they got it from an old uh, blues song called "Black Angel Blues." Okay. And uh, yeah, so. And they they uh, it's fully written about uh, civil rights activist Angela Davis, who was mm-hmm. facing murder charges at the time. Um, so it, it it's cool like, that it does you know they do have the N word dropped in the in, in some of the verses and they do. so you know yeah. we're not going to repeat those lyrics but um, there are some you know beautiful she's not Davis is not mentioned by name in the lyrics but um, they they call her the sweet black angel in the song and they're telling her to free her you know so yeah. they're asking isn't someone going to free her and uh yeah it's a beautiful beautiful little song and uh with something we failed to point out like so far is keith's brilliant harmony vocals throughout this album oh my his God. high his yeah. high whiny hank williams-esque kind of like <laughs> is that a girl singing is that like i don't that and then and they're slightly out of tune but finding these beautiful weird harmonies that totally complement mix and if you don't pay attention you don't notice them and then when you do you're like oh my god that is such a beautiful harmony line and it's so unconventional um like like a a natural harmony singer wouldn't sing those lines but he does and and they and he's just got this high reedy voice that cuts through everything and then Uh once you've once you've tuned into his vocal uh that's you you'll hear it all the time and and on this song he sings uh, counter harmony with Mick the whole way through, and it's it's just gorgeous. We're yeah. talking about exile 
Exile on Main Street from the Stones. And uh, mm. the, the next track just feels so perfectly sequenced, and that's Loving Cup. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I feel like I say that on every track sure. that you mention, but every track is just like a, a barn burner and just hits me in the chest. Every song yeah. is just so good, you know? Mm. And it, it's great because they're not like, well, now they are a bit more because they've been – they started playing these songs live a couple of tours ago. So they're a bit more in the, uh, the lexicon of, of the public, but you know, generally these songs, like you can say loving cup to like most people. And they're like, uh, yeah. Is that a stone song? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yes, saying not- Jumping Jack Flash, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but loving cup, what a tune. And yeah. I love how Charlie's, uh, drums highlight, uh, Mick singing just one drink. Right. You know, it's like he's talking. He's like, it's like, it's such a weird drum part. He's just going boom, pop, boom, 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 boom. He's not playing a groove. He's just, he's just highlighting mixed lyrics with his drums and there's no groove, but there's totally a groove underneath it. And then when the band gets into it, it's just like this sweet little like sauntering, swaying, like groove. And then they, they pick up into like this little bit more rocking thing on the outro. Give me a little drag, you know? Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it's so good. It's like a gospely rock tune, and it's really dramatic. It's got a beautiful piano on it. And, uh, great, Deep. great, great Stones tune. Do we Deep. know if yeah. this song was ever released as a single? No, it was not. I didn't think it was. No, the only the only singles released from this album were uh, All Down the Line. Yeah. That uh, was the first single, and then I think they released uh, Tumbling Dice? Uh, Tumbling Dice, yeah. yeah. Yeah, let me look up the charts. Yeah. yeah. Weekly charts. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's it. Yeah, it's, which is crazy. It's a, it's and then they won Prime. It's so many levels. Yeah, and, and the uh, this is the tour they did the, uh, I don't know if I can swear on your podcast, but they did the, the Cocksucker Blues. I'm sure you can bleep that out later. That was the Cocksucker Blues tour that they did, the 72 one, where they were traveling around their jet. It was like the big decadent one. Yeah. It was after this album. You know, they just, uh, yeah, let me see. Let me see. The album contains three and and was a top 10 charting album, uh, including the U.S. It spawned the hit songs Happy, Sweet Virginia, and the world top 10 hit Tumbling Dice. There Tumbling you go. Dice. So, yeah. Sweet Virginia. Hidden Gems, kid. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Oh, yeah. and the singles from Exile are Tumbling Dice with Sweet Black Angel on the other side. Mm-hmm. And the other single is "Happy" with "All Down the Line" on the other side. So, so that feels like the absolute perfect segue here in terms of talking about singles. We have on you know to begin side three, we have "Happy" right after "Cup." Sly guitar and you know sax are kind of weaving in and out or zigzagging in and around mixed vocals. It just it just has like a real like windy kind of feel to it. It's really cool tune. It, it's uh, so apparently the only Stones playing on it are Keith. And um, Bobby Keith. Yeah, so it's uh, so it's Keith, Jim Miller, the producer on drums. Okay. Uh, Keith on guitar and Bobby Keith on sax. They worked it up like, uh, you know, like what is it? You know, Keith had that riff. Apparently, had called Jim Miller up at like you know four in the morning, or whatever. Told him to come down stairs, and he <laughs> had that, you know, had that riff, and he just started playing it. Jim Miller was on drums. They demoed it, uh, just the three of them, and then uh, they just layered it. Keith just putting more guitars, more guitars, more guitars on it, and uh, yeah, 
So, and then of course Mick came in with the with the backup vocal afterwards. But uh, yeah, from from what I understand, it's just I'll I'll even look it up a little bit. But yeah, overview. Yeah, according we did that in an afternoon in only four hours, cut and done. Man, that's um, the best way to chase a demo. You know. Yeah. You get this little Richard on bass building upon it. Amazing. Let's uh, Keith on bass, guitar and vocals. Producer Jim Miller on drums. Bobby Keys on saxophone and maracas. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, piano by Nicky Hopkins was added later, as well as Jim Price's trumpet and saxophone. So Bobby Keys didn't play uh, sax on the original, like on on the first pass. He played maracas, mm-hmm. and then he put saxophone on after, and the, and then Mick put on backing vocals. And it was uh, apparently it's the only single to uh, to chart. The only uh, single uh, Keith singing lead to chart in the top 100, and it's like the quintessential uh, Keith tune, you know. Yeah, for sure. You, I you need your know. love to keep me happy. I need your love. Baby, why don't you keep me happy? <laughs> oh, so great. Genius. And the lyrics on that song are just yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Well, Did you have any favorites? Yeah. Ooh, uh, I never kept a dollar past sunset. It always burned a hole in my pants. <laughs> like, where did that come from? Like, what a great, what a great lyric, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, I just, it's, if, they, if they were spending time in some casinos at this point, you know, you know, while they were in the south of France, and it's like yeah. it tells you a little bit about his life, you know. Yeah. Uh, it tells you, uh, and it tells you he never wanted to be like Papa, working for the boss every night and day, you know. It's, yeah. it's a great rock and roll, like you know, rebellious thing, you know, like uh, you know, it's like it's it's to be happy, uh, you know. You need There's a little Ike thing. Turner reference in there, isn't there? It was Proud Mary. Yeah, it feels like I that's the big thing. Yeah, and I and I like the lyrics. I've always took candy from strangers. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what a great twist on that. He took a classic, like you know, parental, like never take, and he took it and made a, a killer lyric out of it. I yeah. always took candy from strangers. I didn't want to get me no trade. Never want to be like Papa working for the boss every night and day. What great like like throwaway lyrics and also they you can just listen to it and be like that just sounds really cool and <laughs> then you can get but you can get into it and be like oh man that's deep like these are some deep lyrics and then uh, what's the last one is uh, never got a flash out of cocktails when I get some flesh off the bone never yeah. get a lift out of Learjet when I can fly back way back home and you know he it's like he can talk about being on Learjet. Because he's Keith Richards, but he yeah. makes it he makes it like relatable to like you know he he lets you like feel like you're part of it you know yeah it's like I you know most people listening to Stones at that time have probably never been on the Learjet and probably never would be you know mm-hmm. after yeah, love it. yeah after Happy we have uh, a tune that just you know the, the name itself just makes me laugh <laughs> even even at my age and it's Turd on the Run yeah. What a weird tune. Yeah. I love it. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it, it, it doesn't, it's it's not a good sounding title. No. You know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to harp on something, but uh, yeah. Wow. What a great tune. Yeah. I boogied in the ballroom. I boogied in the dark, tie your hands, tie your feet, throw you to the sharks. Like, uh, where does that come make from? You, make yeah. you sweat, make you scream, make you wish you never were seen, but I lost a lot of love over you. It's got like this, it's got a gospel feel to it. 
Absolutely. Grab, grab, grabs hold of your coattail, but it came off in my hand. I reached for your lapel, but it weren't sewn on. But it weren't sewn on so grand. <laughs> it's like that, it's like that ripped or or torn coat that you know that you heard yeah from, oh what's the name of this oh torn and frayed yeah yeah kind of a callback fell down that. fell fell down to my knees and and I hung onto your pants but you just kept on running while they ripped off in my hands ha, diamond yeah. rings Vaseline you give me disease well I lost a lot of love over you Oof. yeah like you can't like how much more rock and roll can you get than that <laughs> it's a bad <laughs> No, you can't. <laughs> and it, it's you know it's a love that's not going to go anywhere, but it's a love that must be chased down. <laughs> yeah, what a great we're, rock and roll song. We are talking to Nelson Sorrell here on Cover to Cover, and um, the next track we have here on Exile Main Street, following Turn on the Run, is uh, uh, a slunky sort of blues kind of track called Ventilator Blues. Yeah, it's like a mean. It's a it's it's Mick Taylor's tune apparently from the the myth mythology. So it's his riff. Down, 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 and then like uh, Charlie's drum pattern is just boom, pop, pop, boom, down. Like he's playing this weird, cool, weird yeah. drum pattern that that no other drummer would play on this tune. Right. Like if you if you were just like here play behind this riff, you would play like. Boom, boom. You play like a very straight ahead rock group and Charlie does anything but that and just makes it come to life. It makes Charlie's such a great drummer in that sense that he gives everyone else space but yeah. not hogging the space. Like there's there's so much space to fill, you know, like cuz he plays weird. Yeah. And and I, and I say that with the greatest respect. He plays weird like but when he's locked into a groove, oh it's like a freight train that won't come off its its wheels. Like it's uh, won't come off the tracks. It's just it's such a great tune. And, yeah. And uh, and and Mick just sounds utterly terrifying on this song. Yeah. And like the op- the opening line is when your spine is cracking and your hands they shake, your heart is bursting and your butt's going to break. Yeah. <laughs> woman's woman's cussing. You can hear her scream. Feel like murder in the first degree. Ah. Ain't nobody slowing down no way. Everybody's stepping on their accelerator. No matter where you are, everybody's going to need a ventilator. Something your heart is like out of your chest after, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, you just feel like you, yeah. you feel like you need a ventilator. Just the way he delivers it, he's like menacing with the lyrics, and he's like spitting them out very dramatically. And it and it feels like you need some breath, like you need to get out of this tune. You know, it's so stark yeah. and terrifying at times. And then, um, and yeah, apparently it was because uh, the 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 AC would always break down in the in the basement of Nelcott, the the mansion they were recording at. So oh, that's really? what the, yeah yeah that's what the ventilator blues came from. <laughs> After yeah. Blues, we have I Just Want to See His Face. Just what like a great jam. Yeah. Yeah, what a great jam. Like, it just, yeah. it, it fades in. So it's like, what is this? It just sounds like they're mess. It sounds like it's going to fade in and fade out. And it's it's going to disappear any second. Uh, but it, it sticks around for a whole three minutes. And they build and they build. And kudos to the, the, the gospel singers, Clyde King and Vanetta Fields, for, you know, making it sound like a, like a like a field hauler, like a gospel choir singing, like it's just such a 
great like spiritual tune and it's there's some cool lyrics like you know you talk about jesus but i just want to see his face you know yeah it's uh whether you're religious or not you know it's a pretty pretty cool statement you know to make you know i'm sure mm-hmm. even religious people have felt that sometimes you know like i believe in this person so much but i just want to see his face you right. know right you know and 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 then i to put that in a rock song and to put a gospel choir singing behind it, it's just brilliant, you know? Yeah. And it's just, and it's got the, you know, it sounds like they're just, it sounds like they just made it up on the spot, which is what I think it is, but you know, uh-huh. I don't want to, I don't want to speculate, but it sounds like they just make it up and, and they're just jamming. And uh, what, how does the background it just, yeah. So it was a jam with Charlie, Mick and Mick Taylor. Sometimes that's the best, you know, just yeah. something completely on the fly and you're not thinking too hard about what's happening. You're just, you know, the the music plays the band, as it were. Yeah, and they just they just let it. And then they uh, the overdubs, they, they, built, they built it up until, like, it's sounding like, you know, they're in the church with, like, you know, 30 people, you know, hooting and hollering, clapping hands, and, and with a gospel choir behind them. It's just, it's a really powerful tune. Love yeah. it. After I just want to see his face, uh, they follow on with "Let It Loose," and this is it's pure bliss at five minutes and nineteen seconds. Lots of gospel. Tearjerker. jerker. Yeah. Tear jerker. You, yeah. yeah, you're in a, like a dreamlike state. At least I was when I was revisiting this track. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Jagger said um, that Keith wrote it. Yeah, and the lyrics. And that uh, Mick had a whole other set of lyrics, but they they got taken away. And that uh, um, that he doesn't really know what it means. But uh, but Keith also said that he would never take Mick's recollection of anything seriously. So they're kind of both <laughs> passing the buck on yeah. who wrote the lyrics of this one. But it's uh, it's great. And and uh, the, the the gospel singer on this is uh, she just like brings it home at the end when she's singing. Come down, you know. Uh, Mm-hmm. It was a Tammy Lynn. Tammy Lynn is the backup singer that's taken the lead, as well as Clyde King, Vanetta Fields. Um, Keith playing a, a electric guitar through a Leslie speaker. Um, and so it is the classic Stones lineup, you know, like Keith on 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 playing that 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 uh, that riff on uh, guitar, the lead mm-hmm. guitar by Mick Taylor, bass by Bill Wyman, Charlie Watts on drums, you know, Nikki yeah. Hopkins on piano, Bobby Keys and Jim Price on the, on the horns. So it's just like, you know, it's got this gospel blues thing, um, beautiful, let it loose, let it all come down. The lyrics are, let me look up some of these lyrics. Yeah. Who's that Who's that woman on your arm, all dressed up to do you harm? And I'm hip to what she'll do. Give her just about a month or two. <laughs> what else? In the bar, you're getting drunk. In it, love. In it, just. In it, lust. Hide the switch and shut the light. Won't you shut it? Let it all come down tonight. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, just, um, and he, he does, uh, but take the shine right off your shoes. He uses that line again, so it's in there again. Uh-huh. Kind of like take the shit up, you know, scrape the shit off your shoes, carrying the shine off your shoes. So a lot yeah. of these kinds of themes of like, you know, kind of like uh, almost like uh, depression era blues kind of themes are in there, like, you know, yeah. wearing off your shoes, bedroom blues. Like these are kind of themes of like, the depression era blues kind of stuff and, and, uh, gambling, uh, you know, and riverboat stuff, mm-hmm. you know, so probably, uh, proud Mary had a, you know, 
very heavy riverboat theme on that song. You know, I'm, I'm sure they're influenced by other stuff flopping around at that timeline, you know, of, of lyrics and stuff. There was a lot of that kind of stuff going around, you know. So I'm sure that had an effect. And, of course, where they were living, they probably, you know, saw a lot of boats going by and, and you know, being on the casinos at night. And, uh, yeah, just beautiful, beautiful song. And then the end of it is just over and over again, let it loose, let it all come down. Let it loose, let it all come down for, like, you know, two minutes. Yeah. And it's the lyrics are... Uh, songwriters are tagged Keith Richards, Mick Jagger. So it's one of the rare ones that it's flipped around. Interesting. Yeah. 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 We are talking with Nelson Sobral here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka. And the next song that we have from Exile on Main Street is called All Down the Line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a great train song. Yeah. Like. Sounds like a choo-choo train coming out. Choo, even the riff sounds like a like a train. Like choo, 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 You know, it's got the classic Stones like upbeat rock groove on it. Um, what a great tune! Um, it's uh, it was apparently the first. The yeah, the, apparently the way they listened to the demo of All Down the Line, they gave it to a Los Angeles radio station so they could hear the mix while they oh. drove around and listened to it on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, cool. it's just a straight ahead electric rock and roll tune. That weird offbeat drums from, from Charlie Watts, you yeah. know, like off, off hits and stuff that make you feel like, ah, it's gonna, yeah. it's gonna fall off at any time. And he always catches <laughs> you back. And, and, uh, yeah, just a great Keith riff. The whole band's firing on all cylinders. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, great lyrics on there too. Uh, let me see if I can get some of these. It's all, a lot of train lyrics all down the line. I can't say yes, you can't say no. Be right there when the whistle blows. Yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of uh, train stuff. Um, a lot of them. And one of the, it's got this great line. She's a sanctified girl with a sanctified mind. Yeah. Like who writes that? Like that. That's right. So, yeah. So yeah. weird in a rock song. Sanctified. Right. Great. And. Um, yeah, I need a shot, shot of salvation, baby, once in a while. Hear the whistle blowing. Hear it for a thousand miles. Yeah. Just just great lyrics. Just throw a lot, you know, and when I say throwaway lyrics, I don't mean like they're not good. I mean throwaway like you can you can listen to them and not read too much into them. Mm-hmm. They just sound really cool. But if you wanted to double back and double dip into those lyrics a bit more, you could. Absolutely. You know, like that. Yeah. Those, that, those to me are my favorite lyrics. Like, wait, did he just say, well, you can't say yes and you can't say no. Just be right there when the whistle blows. Oh, okay, cool. I can read a lot into that. Or I, I don't have to. It just sounds really cool on its own, you know? Yeah, it does. Yeah. And, and even more powerful when you add the music back into it. Ah, um, such yeah, a good band. So, so after all down the line, we have... Uh, it's another cover here, another blues cover. This is a Robert mm-hmm. Johnson tune called Stop Breaking Down. And the Stones totally break it up and make it their own, which is... Nail it. What a, yeah. what a kudos to them. And, uh, you know, the original Robert Johnson song is, every time I'm walking down the street, somebody want to stop breaking down on me? It's a lot more, like, straight, you know? And these guys, yeah. they, uh, they, you know, they have this weird, like, harmonica intro coming into it and it's like it feels like the song stumbles into itself mm-hmm. and it, it, you know it's because you know predominantly because of charlie uh you know <laughs> yeah. playing his his cool ass drums but uh 
but uh, it, the song kind of feels like it's falling apart in the beginning and like it's trying to find its legs and then all of a sudden it does. And then it's just like, it's a monster the rest of the way. But it, it sounds like this, you know, almost like an awkward teenager fixing to tear, you know, and trying to get out the door, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, it sounds to me like that, like it's awkward and gangly. And then all of a sudden it just it hits its stride and, and like you're just wrapped up into this great, great cover of a Robert Johnson classic. And the Stones do the ultimate respect to any cover in my mind, which is taking you know, a great song and doing their own thing with it, you know, while paying respect to the original, which is to me, you know, that's what you should do with the cover. If you just sound exactly like the cover, who cares? You know, I'll just go listen to that version, you know, which is what I prefer. (laughs) We're we're talking to Nelson Sobral here on cover to cover with Matt Tarka. And, um, Following this Robert Johnson track, we have a real joyful and yet playful kind of song called mm-hmm. Shine a Light. Shine a Light. Yeah. yeah. Great, great, beautiful lyrics on this song. Um, uh, saw you stretched out in room 1009 with a smile on your face and a tear right in your eye. <laughs> Couldn't seem to get a line on you, my sweet honey love. And then he uh, couples it with uh, Berber jewelry jangling down the street. Make yeah. you shut your eyes at every woman that you meet. Could not seem to get a high on you, my sweet honey loves. Just, wow. Um, Mick Taylor on bass on that one. Mm-hmm. Bill was late, so uh, Mick Taylor got the bass and played uh, played the bass on it. Um, Early bird catches the worm. Yeah, although Wyman argues and said that he does play bass on it. Who knows? Maybe he re-recorded the bass. Doesn't matter. It's a, it's it's a great tune. Um, yeah, it's classic classic Stones ballad. I mean, they kind of they kind of revisit this uh, um, on Black and Blue later on with uh, Fool to Cry and Memory Motel are kind of in the vein of Shine a Light. Mm-hmm. You know, the gospel-y piano big ballady story songs like they're trying to tell the story about you know some kind of relationship, but. Um, dangling it with all this other jewelry so you don't it's great it's almost like they're kind of distracting you like yeah 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 there's real heartbreak in here if you look deep enough but look at this shiny bright diamond over here this is really nice isn't it right and it's it's kind of like a toughness you know like you know i'm not gonna let you see my feelings you know Mm -hmm. but if you but if you like stop and pause you can see you know the 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 wear and tear the torn and frayed if you will of being on the road and being pulled at every uh, you know, angle and the drugs and the, and the booze and the parties and, and being the stones have on them, you know, it starts to show on this album a lot as opposed Absolutely. to, you yeah. know, a, a bigger album right before still at the height of the powers with sticky fingers. Yeah. It really shows on this album, you know, how weary they are. And I love it. I love it. It just shows the vulnerability that they, they didn't really show too much, even an album right before it with, with sticky fingers. There's vulnerability on that album, but this one is just like, uh, it's just like heart-wrenching. You know, you really feel that uh, the vulnerability coming through Mick. And when Mick sings these these lyrics, it's it's you can relate it to him. It could be him saying it, but it also feels like he's talking for everyone else. It never feels like Mick is just, which is, a, it's, it's really hard to do that as a singer. Like, I don't know if you, if you I know you're a guitar player, you know, and write lyrics and you're a songwriter and such. 
I don't, um, but it's really hard to write a song about your emotions um, or an emotional content and then deliver it as if it's from everyone. Sure. Like you're speaking on the behalf of, of you know, everybody, as opposed to saying, like, I feel this way, my heart is broken, uh, I'm in pain. That's easy to do because it's just you, yeah. I'm saying I'm in pain. But it's another thing to kind of dress it up and make it uh, feel like anyone can be singing that and you can be talking about anyone. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's a special gift to do, and it takes a, you know, a strong lyricist like Mick to do that. Like, at no, anytime I listen to, you know, uh, especially on this album, when I listen to the lyrics, it always feels like he's talking for the band, like a gang, gang leader, yeah. like he's talking on behalf of these guys. This is my mm-hmm. gang. This is how we feel. Don't you mess with us. It kind of feels like that. But we have all these feelings, and this is what it's like. It feels like he's doing that. And he know? projects he, that that feeling and emotion, you know, exactly that way live, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's never, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's never like, um, hurt, felt, crying. But at the same time, he is, you know? Like, yeah. you know, he's feeling this. But it's always like, it's for, for this gang that he's in, you know? Most definitely. And makes him the the ultimate gang leader. <laughs> he he really is. Yeah. yeah. We're talking with we're talking with Nelson Sabral on cover to cover and uh the last track on Exile Main Street is called Soul Survivor. And I wonder, you know, there's a lyric in here that, you know, I don't know if it was a throwaway lyric, of course or not, but you know, he, you know, Mick mentions that he's got the bell-bottom blues, and I wonder if that's like some sort of a a nod to Eric Clapton in, in some respect. Well, Bobby Whitlock's on the album, so I, I mean, there might it is. Be? Yeah, yeah. It, this is one of my favorite Stones tunes. I mean, I, yeah. uh, it's got it's like in terms of like a rock tune, it's like it's like this beautiful little hidden gem. This one and. Um, and on the a couple albums later on Black and Blue, there's um, Hand of Fate, which is another like they're kind of like these hidden like gem like rock tunes, mm-hmm. you know. And like and Hand of Fate and Soul Survivor kind of feel like that to me. Like no one really knows these tunes, but they're such good rock and roll tunes, you know. Like and this has got such a big Did I land up Soul Survivor? Like it's got that classic Keith riff like that. You know, like that Keith will play ad nauseum on, you know, on, and on hits to follow forever, like Start Me Up and, and you know, every every other Stones tune hat will have that riff in it. And it's 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 on this song, so it should be bigger than it is. It feels like it should be a classic, and it's not. And I love that about it. It feels like this kind of like this runt of the litter almost. Right. <laughs> you know? Yes. You know, and it's like the the, the verses are kind of like, the kind of verses feel like that, like, oh, when the water is rough and the sailing is tough, I'll get drowned in your love. You got a cutthroat crew. I'm going to sink under you. I got the bell-bottom blues. <laughs> it's yeah, going to be the death, death of me. Yeah. <laughs> what are you saying, man? What? What? Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's like lyrical gymnastics. Like, Running what? right on the rocks. I've taken all of the knocks. Ain't giving me the quarter. I'd rather drink sea water. He rhymes quarter with water. <laughs> I wish I'd never had b- brought you. It's going to be the death of me. What? So good. And then yeah. uh, the last one is when you're flying your flags, all my confidence sags. You got me packing my bags. I'll stow away at sea. You make me mutiny. 
<laughs> great. Unreal. Where you are, where you are, I want to be. You're going to be the death of me. Oh, what a great, great song. I, I just, I, I love yeah. his lyrics so much. And, uh, yeah, this album just, it's, to me, it's like you were like, what are the, you know, some of the coolest rock lyrics, you know, I would point them to this album. I'd point them to early Rod Stewart, you know, yeah. when he was writing stuff like Every Picture Tells a Story and Maggie May, um, you know, early Little Feet, you know, when Lowell was writing the lyrics, These, you know, those kind of, for in terms of rock and roll music, I'm not talking about, uh, you know, uh, folk songs or blues songs or country or whatever, but in terms of like really cool rock and roll lyrics, no one beats these guys. Like, it's just, there's so much swagger, for lack of a better word. It's just, it's just dripping with swagger and coolness. It's like, it's like what hip hop artists do nowadays. They just put like, they just make, they, they just put cool words together and they rhyme them and it sounds great. And sometimes they make them fit because they need that word to rhyme with this word. Like, water and quarter, like, that's a hard rhyme. Yeah. To rhyme quarter with water, but he makes it, he fits it. Which reminds me of another favorite Stones lyric, not on this album, but it's on uh, Some Girls, on Respectable. You're the queen of porn. You're the easiest lay on the White House lawn. He rhymes porn with lawn. It's brilliant, <laughs> as only Mick could do. Pwn, lawn, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he's he's at the height of his powers. It's a great album. Every band member's firing on all cylinders. You get every type of music. In terms of, you know, North American, under the North American umbrella, you pretty much have every type of music up until that point. And, uh, you know, barring stuff that'll come later, like disco and, and reggae and stuff, in, in terms of North American stuff, you know, you have everything on this album. You know, you, you can't go wrong. And, and the beauty of it is it's, it's popular, but it's it's like no one knows this album in terms of like the hits. There's no hits on it, really. Mm-hmm. You know, but every mm-hmm. song is is knocked out of the park. I I just I I love the album so much. It's it it always feels like it's mine. It doesn't feel like it belongs to anybody else. The album artwork is brilliant. Um, it sounds like the album. It looks like it sounds. What do you what do you think about the album artwork? What what comes to mind? It just looks like the album sounds. It just yeah. it's like it's a bunch of just great imagery, and I don't know how it came about, but it just it just looked like they were like, here's all these cool pictures, let's just make that the album cover. And inside, it's got cool um, pictures of Mick and Keith singing, uh, you know, singing lyrics, uh, singing vocals together, cutting vocals in the studio looking their best, you know, the prime stones looking stuff, you know, mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're, they're, uh, you know, they're whatever that hair is like the, the cool rock mullet of the time. And, yeah. uh, you know, wearing the coolest clothes, like you couldn't look cooler than the stones of that era, like 72 stones. Like that's the template for every rock and roll band to follow. Like every, every rock band that's ever like tried to look cool after that, that's right there. There you go. That's- that's you know? yeah, that's the template. <laughs> you know, like yeah. how much cooler do you get than those guys at that time? You know, Kings of the Earth at their prime, everyone playing. And it's, it's it's the other thing too. If you look at it in a historical context, it's like this is the album right before they start to fall down the mountain a little bit, mm. a little bit. Like 
Not a lot. I mean, they still have Angie. It's only rock and roll, you know, start me up. They still have all of some girls. They they still have massive career afterwards. Like yeah. massive. Yeah. If some would some would argue that they got bigger afterwards. You know, and I and I would agree. Um they had way more hits afterwards. But in terms of like, you know, just so dangerous, rough, tumble, still accessible, but still dark and, and, and the kind of like a little secretive. This is the album before all that, you know, the sheen kind of comes off a little bit, you know? Nelson Sobral, thank you so very much for being on the program today. This has been a fantastic conversation, breaking down exile on Main Street by the Rolling Stones. And, and we uh, didn't even get into the half of it, man. There's so much stuff on this album. Like We didn't. You know, we, we did yeah. it, but we did we did it justice. And thank, thank you for, for being such a, a good uh, foil and letting me ramble like a maniac over one of my favorite albums. It was hard not to ramble. (laughs) That's what these conversations about records are all about, man. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Thank you so much for, you know, just... Thank you for doing this. Yeah, my pleasure. It's it's people like you that make this kind of stuff, like, you know, enjoyable. Like, you know, talking about stuff that excites you. I'm a musician. I love talking about music with people. I love talking about music with people who get as excited as I am that, you know... You'd want to know more about it, and, and it's just, you know, that's what this stuff is for. I'm a, you know, we're all nerds in our own things that we like, and I'm a music nerd, and, and, and thanks for nerding out with me. All right. Thanks so much to Nelson Sobral for taking some time to stop by the program today. For all of you listeners out there, thank you very much, and please remember to hit that subscribe button on that device in which you listen to your favorite podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Take a moment to tell a friend or a family member about our show. Let us know how much you like the show by giving us a good rating. That'll certainly help us appear higher in search results. And feel free to drop us a line anytime at hello at covertocoverconversations.com. Intro and outro music of our podcast is produced by Jarrett Nicolay at Mixtape Studios in Northern Virginia. We hope you discovered some new music, perhaps rekindled your love, for an old forgotten song and shared a good moment with us as we continue to sonically explore a world from cover to cover. <laughs>